We're slovenly, we're feelingy, we're really kind of dumb. We're Terry, Shar, and Lissa, all here to have some fun. So guard your holes, let's make some rolls, and talk some D&D with the Cave Trolls. Claptop now, look at you. This is the most millennial thing ever, is working both jobs at once. Yeah, my friend does the same thing. He has his work laptop, and then he well doesn't necessarily work two jobs at once, but he always has his work laptop on him during work hours, and then just plays PlayStation um, during most of the slow times. And I'm just like, what? A, what a dream! Yeah, like, for for legal life. reasons, this is all a joke. But uh, back when I used to be in the in the corporate <laughs> offices, um, especially once the pandemic hit, that used to happen all the time, right? Like I'd it'd have sure. the work laptop working on meetings or whatever while playing a game. But that's also when we launched Can't Be Killed originally, when I was just recording mm. like twelve podcasts a week by myself. That I yeah. was usually I'm like other <laughs> other end like hold on I gotta pause my recording yeah so um if we can circle back to that on Monday um that'd oh, be great <laughs> <laughs> and then I cut back to yeah so this is why the new season of Power Rangers is bullshit um oh man <laughs> it's the millennial dream that's what we're all doing right that's why we do this yeah bad talking uh power ranger reboots and working 12 jobs yeah Yeah, i'm only just kidding right like i enjoy power rangers as much as the next guy um (laughs) (laughs) mostly i watch it with my son which is great i just watched the once in future special yesterday so oh is that the one that's on netflix that's like the like they brought back some of the original cast because i saw Mm -hmm. an ad for that yesterday i haven't watched it yet listen be prepared going in they did nothing to update Um, anything like it is not like um, oh written for the people now no 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 it is just a 50 minute long extra episode of mighty Morphin power rangers and uh also (laughs) on that note like take that for whatever you want like like, it is exactly that but also because of everyone like either being sadly you know passed away or or not being able to make it for legal reasons. Like, there's several mm-hmm. Power Rangers that are in, like, legal trouble. They've had to cut around people and, like, oh, just use, like, archived audio or somebody didn't want to show up. Um, So because of that, it still feels like the original series where they would cut around, like, Japanese footage and, like, oh. people that were fired. So, like, it is the most authentic thing. <laughs> if I could say anything positive about it, it is extremely authentic to the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. So uh enjoy I, that I, sense I guess a, i sense a i sense a butt but that's well but that means it's pretty authentic <laughs> and like watching mighty Morphin power rangers is not the yeah. most top-notch experience ever if you're you know like you watch an episode of breaking bad and then you watch an episode of power rangers which is what i did um technically it's better call oh. Saul, but like it's a little jarring um mm. but it's, it was fun it, it took me back i felt like a kid again for about 50 minutes uh and that also means, like, you know, watching, like, bad story editing and terrible acting mm. lines being delivered because they shot this in, like, a day, you know? Like, that's... Oh, God. That's what it is. That's Power Rangers, though. <laughs> well, at least they got, like, the kitschness, I guess. Oh, it. 100%. It is kitschy as fuck. I would just straight up cheesy. Like, it is It is <laughs> the most authentic Power Rangers thing I've seen in a long time. Because I read the comic books still. And the comic books are kind of updated. They're made for an older audience. Um, mm. It's not, like 
you know, super gritty or anything like that, but it has, like, updated storytelling, you know, the people who are writing that are also writing really good, serious comic books. So, like, it's, mm. that's what I go to if I want a more adult, quote-unquote, experience for Power Rangers. Um, so, I already have that. So, this was cool to have, like, a different flavor, and I can watch this with my kid. My kid doesn't read the comics because they're too serious, and there's too many speech bubbles. Ah, yeah, that that would deter even me, because um, yeah. you know, reading. That's fair. No, yeah, you know, people don't really do that. You know, uh... don't do that anymore. <laughs> Nobody has book clubs anymore. Nobody has any of that. Exactly. You know? Speaking of all that, we gotta get we gotta get going. We gotta talk about this. And I already, I just put up a post because I didn't plan on talking about comic books at all on here. And then you let me ramble about Power Rangers and comic books for five minutes. Um, but we gotta jump into the show. Hello and welcome to the Cave Trolls Podcast. My name is Terry Smith. I'm your faithful host. This is the show where we talk about TTRPG news, all the new games coming out, supplements, new actual plays all the stuff you care about and if you get that news somewhere else you're wrong get it here um and then supplement it with other places you know fact check us mm. that kind of thing but get it here first damn it um sleep on it for a week and then when you can listen to our show um <laughs> that's when you get updated uh with me as always is one half of the slovenly trolls Charday. yes hello i am here the best half of the slovenly trolls no one yes. said that and the other half of the slovenly trolls that. lissa <laughs> that was here that was here saying i am the better half uh, hello hi hi hello you're the problem it's you um she is she is the problem though <laughs> <laughs> neither one of you are the problem you're both here on time i love it this is wonderful um so let's get started first up the fallout ttrpg and magpie games also partnered with alchemy rpg um, if you don't know, Alchemy RPG is the new VTT on the scene that's looking to be, mm -hmm. like, the the chill version of the D&D Beyond. You don't need Unreal Engine 5 to run it. It's got cool vibes to study to, um, menus, and it's tying in every game it can. It's just gobbling up uh, fucking uh, IPs. And they, you know, last week we talked about how Chaosium had signed up and so had Paizo. And now they got the Fallout TTRPG, the 2D20 system, if you've ever played that cool system i haven't played it with fallout i've played other versions of it and then magpie games if you don't know do a lot of powered by the apocalypse stuff um so like masks uh so yeah they're they're really they're going hard <laughs> they're getting everything they can we made jokes about how they're like they're just going to keep getting competitors till they can um fight off D, D beyond and they're just keep going with it the kickstarter uh, hasn't I even mean, fully launched yet yeah were we wrong <laughs> no like it just kept going um like, like they just i'm they... literally go ahead i'm looking at their web i'm looking at their website i'm like who is running this at this point because i'm just like how many ips are they gonna get are they gonna collect them all like pokemon and like i can't i can't find a lot of like information on who's behind this but i i don't know i'm getting some like there's some big head honchos behind this is the vibe i'm getting or maybe it's just it really is like the little engine that could i don't know but like with all of these different ips i'm just my capitalism anti-capitalism brain is just like me who, who's doing this i'm, <laughs> who's I'm okay this? with them gathering up those because it they're none of these are like single licenses like none of these are like yeah, non-competes yeah. they're like these licenses can't appear on any other vtts and in fact they will and are right now so i'm completely fine with that what i like to see because it's official and i know like the capitalism 
brain makes you go, oh, maybe not. Like, this seems like a bad idea. The thing that I like about this is those games, which a lot of these are smaller, are going to be supported officially in this, which means, yeah, um, you know, nice. cool skinning. It's going to have the official rules. You're not going to have to hodgepodge it yourself. Um, that makes it very, you know, consumer friendly. If you're going to buy Alchemy RPG, your games are supported without you having to do a whole bunch of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. So I do like that. And... I do like that there's going to be a good competitor against D&D Beyond's Unreal Engine 5 version because I have friends that don't have, you know, an awesome PC rig as we keep talking about. So mm. I'm excited there. Nothing here is screaming, oh, this is anti-consumer. So that's the part that I mm. like. I don't I don't mind that they're gobbling up these licenses because they're not doing it in a way that means nobody else can too. Yeah, so right now fair. this they seems like a win-win. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. There's no exclusivity here, so I'm okay with it for now. If that changes, well, that's a that's you know a horse of a different color. But mm -hmm. Lisa, what about you? How do you care about um, Alchemy RPG <laughs> since you can't run anything on your TI eighty four calculator? Uh, bold of you to assume that. Um, <laughs> yeah, you have a TI eighty four. I actually, I actually do have a TI eighty four. I have two of them. Um, <laughs> oh my god! So really, it was bold of him to assume correctly. Woo! I'm spot on here. Listen, also, listen. Yeah. I needed to get one for high school, and then I needed to get another one for high school. Uh, Lisa, so Lisa, I, I you're only... in your thirties. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just I... now getting to high school. Oh, yeah, okay, exactly. okay, okay. No exactly. shame, no shame. No no bad time to learn. That's you know? right. You get that diploma, um, or whatever they call it, the, the European <laughs> general equivalent. Um, <laughs> how do you convert diplomas to euros? What's the exchange rate? <laughs> yeah, there's rate? an exchange rate. <laughs> uh, it's like 19,000 uh, mm. for one diploma yeah well that's not very good because our diploma is not worth that much <laughs> no. uh moving on why slay dragons when you could be fishing this oh, kickstarter it has 15 stories around it in so many different ways so first i'm going to approach it from hey this game looks fun a comprehensive guide to fishing for your ttrpg world completely compatible with 5e featuring 100 <laughs> fish compatible with all 5e systems the next part of this story other than like hey that sounds fun i love fishing mini games and rpgs this <laughs> this was their goal was ten thousand dollars and they're almost at a hundred thousand <laughs> with 20 days to go oh, with only a thousand backers so like a thousand people are like oh yeah oh yeah we could do this we can, <laughs> we can give you the money i, here. Here's bucks. I want I want Lissa's thoughts on this specifically because she has very strong opinions on fishing mini games. Me too. Is it positive <laughs> or negative, Lissa? How do you feel about fishing mini games? Well, okay. Okay, listen. I listen, I, I picked this out off of Twitter, uh, because I think mm. this is hilarious that like mm. my my okay, I hate fishing in Stardew <gasps> Valley, but Well, but, Stardew Valley's fishing game is is uh something it's it's yeah it's definitely something um but i think it's hilarious that like for me fishing in D, &D is like combining stardew valley huh? with D, &D and i'm i'm kind of about it in a oh. weird, very weird way i 100%. i think it's hilarious and i think um, 
I think it, it has to be easier to fish in D&D than it is in Stardew Valley. That's what, just like, the fact no. that you just said that means <laughs> it's not going to be easy. Yeah, I have a feeling, like, you're not going to need to plug in a controller to do it well when you get to, like, the higher level fish in, in this, uh, in, uh, um, oh, why yeah. slay dragons when you could be fishing. Uh, whereas mm -hmm. if you're playing Stardew Valley on PC, you're like, hey, can somebody give me some sort of accessibility controls? Because I can't do this. And I thought my hand worked fine before um mm -hmm. i i i'm of the opinion that every rpg needs a fishing mini game good or bad like okay. i i love a good fishing mini game i hate a bad fishing mini game but i'd rather have a bad fishing mini game than no fishing mini game in at mm -hmm. literally any game i don't care if there's water or not i want a fishing mini game in every oh game. so when they added fishing into skyrim anniversary edition you were one of the people that said fuck yes this oh is yeah all and i already had that mod. Like, waiting like, for exactly they didn't create that <laughs> they stole a very good no, they mod. Well, stole is yeah. a strong word. They did pay it. But you know what I mean? Like, they were like, oh, yeah, hey, yeah, people yeah. like this. I'm like, yeah, we fucking like this. I want to fish in every goddamn game. Um, <laughs> like, give it to me, please. So I'm super pumped for this. This is an easy buy for me. Um, it's also a pretty affordable project. Uh, so <laughs> like, yeah. uh, where does it start here? Um, it's got many levels. So like, if you want to dump $100 into it, you totally can. But for 30 bucks, you get the digital PDF um, and basically all of the stuff there. Uh, but 50 bucks for the hardcover. I know that's on par with like stuff in stores. Uh, if you were to buy almost any uh, TTRPG book, you're looking at 50 to 60 bucks. At first, I thought that was a little bit like pricey. But then when you look at the size of it, you're getting a lot of stuff. Um, which means that the systems are probably pretty in-depth. They have new races, magic items, equipment. Um, so like if they put the time into it, I don't mind paying that much for the hardcover. Uh, mm. I'm definitely going to go digital PDF just because I'm a, I have a digital hoard. Uh, and 30 bucks to me is affordable for that large of a book. Like if it was a little bit smaller, I'd say this is a little bit pricey. But I, I could understand and I can recommend that. Um, I am a little hesitant just because I don't know what the system is going to be. Is it fun? Yeah. I have to assume people like this past just the idea. Um, mm -hmm. so, uh, I'm excited for it. I'd love to hear about you two. Are you going to buy this, uh, being such big fishing mini game people? <laughs> <laughs> I'm lukewarm on fishing. Like I go through phases. Like sometimes I love it. Sometimes I want nothing to do with it, but I do like that it's there. So I think like you, I'm very intrigued with the system, but I think I want to know more about the system before I put money behind it because mm -hmm. I just want to know how it works. Right. And then if slash how I can implement it in my games as a as a DM of 5e specifically. <laughs> yeah, I love a modular rule system, something that can just be slotted in. Uh, that's always yeah. really cool. And, like, I already use a modular fishing system. We, it doesn't come up at our game because y the group right now that we have don't go fishing a lot. But I've used it at the table, mm -hmm. and it was pretty fun. But this looks even a little bit more in-depth than, than what I use, so that's partly what I'm excited for. Lissa is someone who doesn't run a lot of stuff, but <laughs> has the fishing um, in her veins what how are you feeling about this you gonna go for um uh wisely dragons um not immediately i want to sit and i want to i want to find out how it is to fish from terry mm -hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> terry's a scapegoat yeah yep. terry is gonna be uh my product tester i'll be fine um, i'm fine with it and then i want to hear because like i like the idea of fishing in D, &D but i don't necessarily know that i need like if if you could like 
fish in D&D, I could just go there, roll a d20, and see if I catch fish. Like, I don't necessarily know that I need a product guide system for fishing, so I want to know what the system is, if it works, mm -hmm. and then maybe throw some money at it, you know? Mm -hmm. Fair, yeah. Throw some D's on this. Make it rain. Okay? Let's, yeah. uh, let's make this happen. Um, I'm Like I said, I'm excited for it. I've run a few different, like, Shire-esque Stardew Valley games. And that's when I had looked into it. I was like, are there good fishing systems? And there were. Um, not trying to knock anybody's specific stuff. Um, but I wanted something a little bit more dedicated. And now we have it. And that's, that's really, really exciting. Um, because you just... When you play as much D&D as people like us do, um, you want the best version of everything. And unlike when you play something like GTA, where you can go racing and you can play tennis and you can do like a third-person shooter, but none of them are amazing, right? The, the fact that they have put them all in one place is cool, um, but none of them are great. And I love diegetic things, and if I can't do diegetic things, like I'm not going to make people go fishing to see if they get a bass in our at our table um but if there's a fun fishing mini game if everyone wants to go to a fishing tournament i'd love to have the best version so i'm excited for any sort of like modular rule system that they're going to throw out there so check that out if you are so interested if you can afford 30 dollars. i know i said it was affordable it's affordable for what they're putting out like that level mm -hmm. of it i understand that not everyone has 30 bucks to throw out a game moving on the Lugan, the Grand Cross of Four, a unique and thrilling high fantasy setting for use with D&D 5e and Pathfinder 1e, combining evolution, ecology, and epic magic. I wonder if that is either, like, um, a typo, like if they're going for 2e, or if they specifically did the rules for 5th uh, edition 20. and 3.5. Um, yeah. That'd be really interesting to, to see, Uh because you don't see that a lot. Not a lot of people are developing for that these days. If they are, no. it's usually to go with Starfinder. So I'm excited for that part. Um, that's what kind of caught me off guard when you sent this over. Uh, Lissa, I think you put this one in the chat. Uh, are you excited for Lugan? I think it looks interesting in for based on what I saw um, mm -hmm. and what I looked up when I saw it on uh, my feed. So I, I, I definitely am intrigued by it. Mm -hmm. um, and, I mean, it also works for Pathfinder, which I think is cool. Yeah, and the, well. the first edition, which is it's really strange. Mm -hmm. And we've covered Lugan. I don't know if you remember. This is the one um, it had specifically, like, ecosystem rules. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right. Oh, right, right, right. So I don't know if they're relaunching the Kickstarter, like, if it didn't hit the first time around. Um, yeah, it looks like the first time it wasn't successful. So they might be, re like, um, if, if it's still on people's feeds, they might be trying to uh, ramp up. Mm -hmm. um more interest to relaunch because it does look very promising but yeah it does say on the kickstarter page that it was unsuccessful as of december 31st of 2022 oh, okay. so yeah so it is just the second time around because i'm like i i know i'm reading through this i'm like yeah i've seen this before this is familiar I, yeah yeah I yeah but it looks notes. like if it's coming up and even if it was unsuccessful i would say just still keep your eye on it because it looks like maybe they might be testing the waters to relaunch because there's a lot of promise here for sure like an ecosystem and like also catering to Pathfinder 1E, which a lot of people just aren't making stuff for these days with 2E. So if yeah, people are still playing 1E, 1E, then this might be the Kickstarter for them. Right. Especially because 5E mm. already is pretty close to compatible with Pathfinder 2E. Yeah. 
from so, what I hear. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it makes sense, too, if they've been developing this for a long time, as it seems like they have, they might have been doing it before 2E was really completely mm-hmm. out and ready to be mm-hmm. developed for. Um, but, yeah, so, like, very nature-centric, the ecosystem stuff. We don't need to go into it again because we've already uh, gone over this once before. But check that out. I was kind of interested to see that they're relaunching. And um, mm-hmm. I, I wish them luck. It stinks that there's only so much. Uh, I was talking about this with a couple other, like, indie comic creators. You're competing with not just other D&D stuff, which you totally are. But you're competing with everything nowadays. Everyone's like, yeah. per, like, like personal time is so niche and, but still varied. We're like, they do lots of things, but they do their five eccentric things, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, like, oh, I'm really into Netflix and yo-yos. So it's like my, 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 <laughs> my, my, uh, my interests are varied, but they're very specific. <laughs> like, like mm-hmm. it's a, it's kind of a contradiction. Um, so it's just really hard. You're competing with so much stuff these days that you see a really cool project like the Lugan and, and then it doesn't come to fruition because sadly they need 20,000 people to be interested and they only got 10. Yeah. Which is still a very impressive number. Super. But, <laughs> but sadly like it's, that's it's, not all you need. Unfortunately, pro- yeah, producing very well made, paying everybody fairly TTRPGs is like a lot of money so they have to they have pretty lofty goals to reach uh well anyways moving on i'm excited for the next one specifically uh best left buried throne of avarice because this game is all about taking down the man uh did you two get a chance to read through this one I'm looking through it now, and I'm already loving the vibe. <laughs> Lisa, you, you got to read this when it was first up on Twitter, right? Uh, yes, I believe I did. And I believe when I put it on uh, our our uh, feed, or I when I shared this, I tagged Sharday specifically. Did you? Because I don't Just ignoring that. it. <laughs> Hail to the conquerors, um... to the plundermen, to the hand of prosperity, to Kalman. And the benighted shackles of empire throne of avarice is a setting book and procedural generation toolbox for adventuring Mm. in the fantasy horror game best left buried the tools and tables within present doomsayers with the means to generate the citizens victims regions and reprehensible rulers of the grand duchy of Kalman, a nation struggling to reclaim its dominion over the known world so it's all about taking down massive corporations capitalism is the Mm. enemy here as well as the church as well as the monarchy um i i'm just so excited for this i've never um messed around with anything best left buried um is it Mm -hmm. its own system uh it looks like it yeah i never heard of anything like this this is a realm best left buried i'm excited for this um i it's weird that we had never heard of it so you can pick this up for 20 bucks i have the website up a website up there from uh soul muppet publishing uh <laughs> i never bought anything from this store mm-hmm. uh weirdly enough it's weird like i buy so many like random things for ttrpgs but i find one that i've never heard of never purchased from never shopped mm-hmm. there that always strikes me as a little strange and you get two free adventures um if you sign up right now as well as discounts i just got the pop-up oh. <laughs> and they got a kickstarter up for inevitable um oh they do they're doing that doomed arthurian western that we talked about okay that's yeah okay. so we have okay, heard okay, of okay, like, okay, I'm okay, like okay. this name sounds familiar but i've never purchased anything that's why 
that's why we just haven't looked at like their website website we've seen there what was it was it a dicebreaker article or was it a kickstarter it was on one a kickstarter, of those two um for okay. inevitable but we might have uh, found it through dicebreaker yeah yeah mm, it is maybe. on kickstarter um so we might have covered this like everything about this seems familiar but i never bought it but you can pick it up for twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, where is where's the shoe? Well, other shoe gonna drop? Where's the powered by the apocalypse label? Um, oh no! <laughs> I was like waiting for it. Is it in there somewhere? I'm sure it is. I, I don't see. I don't see it yet. Yet. But yet. But <laughs> I could still use the us. tools in this. Um, so I'm gonna put that on my birthday list. It's coming up. Just so you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> just hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Um, the next one up is Break. We've already talked about this a ton, but you can go over to Kickstarter. It's only got 26 days left as of recording this right now. It hit its goal, so you don't have to worry about that. You're going to be able to find this in stores eventually. Break is uh, an easy-to-play game of exploration and teamwork set in a wonderfully dangerous outer world. This is the super anime um d20 system inspired game you know it's got things from mm-hmm. miyazaki all the way to dragon quest i'm very excited i already have three different one shots planned in this world um i backed it i highly recommend it if you like anime stuff and D. um break two exclamation points you gotta yell it um i'm very excited for it but like i said there's only 20 days left you want to back it and get all the extra goodies like the physical book and the extra classes and dice sets and a few other things that you can get if you support it at the higher levels so wanted to give everybody a chance to hop on there um because you only have 20 days left go do it yeah get dice Uh, go get get those dice this one's the one with the murder princess i remember yes it is (laughs) Oh man, I'm so excited. That's why it was so easy. And like, I normally like I'll grab systems, and when I do one shots, it's usually either specifically in an IP setting, or I I am like trying out a comic, um, like uh, idea on my players so I can write a story about it, basically. Um, but this time around, I'm like I'm writing it for their setting. I love the murder princess. I like everything they have going on there. Uh, so go check that out. Uh, Shardade, you gonna play Break when it comes out? I mean, I, I unclear, but I like that it exists. <laughs> I'm intimidated by new things, Terry. Every time you ask me if we're going to play it, I'm like, I don't know. I'm scared. Such a coward. It's okay. Me and Lissa will try it out because we are the brave. Um, mm. Moving on, Avatar RPG's first post-launch sourcebook focuses on Legend of Korra, location and characters. Um, this comes from Alex Mian over at Dicebreaker. Um, the big expansion for the Avatar games finally out. So if you like Korra and you want more of the Powered by the Apocalypse Avatar Legends game, you can jump in there with uh, a few new uh, playbooks and lots of new tech. That Because if you don't know, Korra takes place in the future of Avatar The Last Airbender in uh, more of a revolutionary um mm-hmm. type uh place so like the u.s uh revolution just so you know the, <laughs> just um, the u.s one none of yeah. the other ones the industrial know. revolution too to be specific i brought up the revolution well, yeah. the other day i don't know well, and it was like the french Terry, revolution the i was like no industry <laughs> like, <laughs> the, the industrial revolution was everywhere terry it wasn't no, just in the no US. but it happened at different times in different places char like the industrial That's... revolution specifically mm. what they're focusing on here is like our automotive moves um it, it just it, it hit different places at different times mm-hmm. 
oh my god, the tagline is do the thing, Julie. Yeah. And as somebody, yeah. As, Julie, as somebody who thing. just finished watching it recently, that is amazing and 100% love this. I, I It's very exciting. And Char's coming for me acting like other places uh, didn't do things or did do things. That's not <laughs> what I'm saying. I'm saying like specifically uh, like the Industrial Revolution as it appears in America is a lot of the inspiration for Yeah, Republic Henry City. Ford, you know? <laughs> Yeah. That guy. And you know, like not to spoil Cora, <laughs> but they they hit on a lot of stuff that you would think about with Henry Ford. So uh, they do. It's amazing. I when I watch it for the first time, I'm like, is this this Henry Ford slander? I love I'm it. I love it. Henry Ford. Um, From Michigan. Um, I'm about this. Thank you very much. Listen, as somebody slander. who worked in like the automotive industry in Michigan, uh, like in like the corporate structure, like it's just as fucked as you think it is. hundred <laughs> percent. It's great. We love to see that slander in Legend of Korra. That's um, why it's the best. Shout out to all my buddies that still work in those places. I'm sorry. Um, sorry join guys. us over here and not making much money, but uh, love what you do. <laughs> uh, next up is the next edition of Werewolf. The Apocalypse Horror RPG is coming this summer. Uh, this also comes from Alex Meehan over at Dicebreaker, who broke the story for me, at least. I hadn't heard about this yet. Um, mm -hmm. If you don't know, it's part of the Vampire Masquerade universe. There's a name for their setting. I, f I forget what it is. But uh, um, Werewolf the Apocalypse 5th Edition um, is going to bring you back to that world. I don't know too much about it because I've never played it. Have you two ever messed around with that? I haven't played it, but I know people who are more familiar. Our friends at, um, well, Megan. Megan's played it because Megan's a huge uh, Vampire the Masquerade mm -hmm. girly. And she is somewhat familiar with the werewolf. What is it? Werewolf the Apocalypse? Yep. Yep. That's yeah. yeah, Werewolf the Apocalypse. One of the one of her and our friend Deanna's podcast, That's So Ravenloft, covered werewolves, and they talked a lot about Werewolf the Apocalypse and like the lore of Werewolf the Apocalypse. So if people want to learn more, you should check out That's So Ravenloft. It's really cool. I do know a lot Very about cool. the lore of that world. Um, it's similar to Vampire the Masquerade. You have many different tribes of werewolves, and um, I I really enjoyed that setting. I just never got a chance to actually play the game. Um, but I do recommend yeah. it. I've used a lot of lore from Werewolf the Apocalypse. It's a cool setting. Um, Renegade Game Studios is one that I uh, begrudgingly shop for because their project, their their books sometimes are hit or miss as a publisher. Um, mm. I buy all of their Power Rangers, Transformers, GI Joe games. <laughs> so um, you head over there. The thing, like their print quality, is unmatched. Like those books are very very nice books. Um, their mm -hmm. editing is something to be, um, oh, no. uh, yeah, it, it, it's oh, left no. me wanting more, more than on one occasion. So, um, I oh. will say that I don't know anybody working on, uh, Werewolf the Apocalypse. I don't know what the, <laughs> what the version of it is right now. I will say the Power Ranger books have gotten better over time as they've released them. Uh, mm -hmm. so there's that. They definitely care. They care about RPGs. I they just do a lot of stuff over there. So. Yeah, and sometimes when you start yourself too thin, things fall through the cracks. And I think we when we talked about the Power Rangers game last time, we like. I mean, I I remember having a small diatribe on like you know this is why editors are important. So <laughs> you gotta pay attention. <laughs> yes. Stuff. So, yeah, so just keep that in mind, but I know a couple people that are very excited about it, and if you want me at your table, hit me up. I want to play some Werewolf the Apocalypse. I want to be, be a werewolf. <laughs> I do. Damn it. <laughs> uh, I, as you know, you've played out my games, there's always werewolves somewhere in the game. Yeah, it's because 
people go and get bit because they get nat ones. Exactly. But I will, but like, listen, there's always werewolves. It doesn't matter what game, what system, what setting, there's werewolves somewhere because they're fucking cool. What about, what about vampires? There's usually vampires. You can't have werewolves without vampires. Come on. What is this? I was going to say, like, you gotta, like, put your money where your mouth is, Terry. Yeah, like, as somebody who watched Underworld at? when they were, you know, like, eight, uh, you gotta have, you gotta have werewolves oh and vampires. Oh my god, vampires. Underworld. Don't you, get me <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> It's so funny going back and watching those films. Like, I thought they were so cool growing up. I'm like, these are bad movies, but so much fun. <laughs> yeah, you can, they're fun. Exactly. I've watched exactly. Like they half have, of one. <laughs> they have an aesthetic. They um, sure yeah, like, do. And, they, and, there's like a... <laughs> and that aesthetic is the crow mixed with blade. And I'm here for it. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Which is also like the Matrix thrown in there. You know, it's fine. Mm-hmm, Bring mm-hmm. back the 2000s where every single fight scene took place in an EDM uh, nightclub with everybody wearing yes. leather head to toe. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I just, I need more <laughs> of it in my life. Uh, anyways, moving on, this last game in the Bits and Bobs section, The Witcher, Blackadder, and Jane Austen inspirations for the monster hunting table what? top RPG teeth based on Forged in the Dark System. Now, if that sounds like word salad... You're correct. That's a lot of shit that they threw in there. That's a that's a combination I would have never guessed or uh, put together myself. One hundred percent. If you've played Forge in the Dark or any of the Forge in the Dark games, like Blades in the Dark, um, seventeenth century or not seventeenth century, eighteenth century, um, you know, uh, st- uh, steam, uh, punk, uh, Gaslight mm-hmm. District, um, type vibes there. <laughs> Gotham by Gaslight. Uh, that kind of game mixed with fantasy, obviously. Um, the Forge in the Dark system is really cool if you want to kind of have your, your player character, but also be running factions or like gangs and having a base of operations and going out on missions. It's a really good system for that. So, and that can be reskinned mm. a million different ways. Um, so teeth coming in hot with another reskinning of this is kind of exciting. Uh, they have an open license, so you can develop things. I'm excited that people are doing that. I don't know too much else about it. I have a friend uh, who was looking into Teeth specifically for a one-shop coming up, and they were excited about it. So if you like Forge in the Dark and all the other stuff that they're using as reference for it, check out Forge in the Dark. As, or not Forge in the Dark, but Teeth. Specifically, if you like Forge in the Dark and want to hunt monsters in that setting, Teeth is the way to go. Um, do you two care about any of the words I just said? There was a lot of them. There was a lot of them. There's a lot of, yeah, it's, it's a combination that I'm intrigued by because I like all of those properties that they are saying. So I love The Witcher. I love Jane Austen. I'm not as familiar. What is this? Blackadder? I don't you know. You being such what an angliophile, you don't know Blackadder? What okay, why are you why are you yelling at me? Because <laughs> it's did I do? extremely <laughs> surprising. It's Mr. Bean goes back in time. Oh, uh, I've never watched a Mr. Bean thing. You don't have to watch Mr. Bean, life. but like you know who Mr. Bean is. Like, you really? Yeah. Okay, I I I know you you are just a very stubborn person and you hate recommendations, but you you love BBC. You you love uh-huh. British comedy. Go uh-huh. go watch Blackadder. It's like. I, I don't even know what else to say. Do it. <laughs> what, um, what's wrong with you? Why haven't you done it yet? Um, I've been busy <laughs> watching other things. Have you just never heard of it? Has it never crossed doing? your your feed in any way? 
I've heard of Mr. Bean, but I've I've legitimately never heard the phrase black adder in my life. I don't believe that. Have, one have bit. you ever been to England? Right. <laughs> I met you in England. <laughs> exactly. I, That's I, what doesn't make any think, sense about this. I think I think that was a doppelganger. I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. It couldn't have been because doppelgangers retain all of the knowledge of whoever they are um impersonating it's free so. on hulu right now you don't even have to to get your bbc sign in go watch black adder oh um, it's just a movie no there's like four seasons but they're british show. seasons so oh, like seasons. they're not long okay well maybe but i kind of want to keep you guys mad because this is fun they're not <laughs> mad at you we don't care about what you do it's more like you're missing out and we're just surprised this thing that you would love and because you're know, so stubborn you got... wouldn't look into well, yeah, no, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> Listen, it only hurts you. People who are stubborn about recommendations, it only hurts them. People are only trying to help you get more enjoyment. I'm not going to enjoy that you watch Black Adder. I don't care. I've seen it. It was wonderful. Um, but it's just surprising. And you mm. being, like I said, such an Anglophile, I thought you would have checked it out at some point. Um, but it just no. turns out you're a fake fan. That's what I'm hearing right now. Uh, you're uh, no. a fake gamer girl, right? That's that's what they say. That's how that works. That's, that's definitely what they say. I spent too much time watching Downton Abbey and you know cinema. <laughs> I Blackadder is way better than Downton Abbey, but uh, it's a different you genre. Take that so back. I, I <laughs> Downton Abbey is a masterpiece. Lissa, Lissa, uh, uh, between Blackadder and Downton Abbey, which one's winning? Uh, Blackadder. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah see see um it's just it's just better it's just what it comes down to even though they're in no way i guess they're both period pieces but different periods like it's not one (laughs) takes itself kind of seriously the other one does not i would say one takes itself too seriously yeah i i prefer i prefer anything that resembles monty python and the holy grail wherein you don't take anything seriously at all yes and everything's just chaos i could i did two seasons of downton abbey and i was like this is awesome and then when it kept going i was like we need to be done with this <laughs> and then they did a movie. You always need more Dowager Countess and Maggie Smith. I don't know what's wrong with you. I always need more Maggie Smith. I don't disagree with that. And if, if <laughs> I'd be lying if I said that wasn't the main reason why I watched the it's show. The best part, she's the best part of that show. She plays the same character in everything, and I'm here for it. Like that's <laughs> that's all I want. You always know what you're getting, and I love it. And I I want to be her when I grow up. You know? Oh man, uh, goals for sure. Moving on mm. to our next segment, the Village Crier. This is where we talk about all of the general news. Not new games, not um, uh, this is turning into a movie. This is where we talk about the stuff that doesn't fit somewhere. So I stand in the center square and yell it at you. First up, AI program wants to teach you how to play Call of Cthulhu. Um, (laughs) This comes from Christian Hoffer over at comicbook.com. This is here just because it's a terrifying idea and I don't think it's going to go well. Um, Who put this article in our Discord? Who was... uh, putting me onto this because i want you to apologize <laughs> probably to me. me yeah you owe me I an mean... apology because i fell down a fucking rabbit hole with this <laughs> i mean i mean i did just say i put it there and i was like this is probably worth a discussion because i don't know how this is gonna go but it's interesting i mean this is exactly what we were talking about with D beyond like mulling about like hey, okay we get a you know a gm that's that's an ai um it's not the same thing but it's along those lines so 
Um, a tech company has taught an artificial intelligence program how to play Call of Cthulhu, which sounds like the beginning of a modern-day cosmic horror story, which I agree with. Um, Quest Portal has announced Elder, a new AI program designed to help Quest Portal players learn how to play Call of Cthulhu. If you don't know, Lovecraftian TTRPG. Um, Elder is designed to be an AI assistant that can help Call of Cthulhu with rules, questions, and, and help keepers, which is the GM equivalent. Um, brainstorm scenarios for use in Call of Cthulhu sessions and chat about different spells and monsters within the game. Um, I, I don't know what else more to say about it. That's basically the gist of it. Uh, I... I don't know how I feel about this. Anything to help, you know, new GMs learn a new game as well as players, that can be cool. And this is something, I, AI assistance, I'm much more in tune with than, like, AI, you know, artists. I hate that bullshit. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm more okay with this. I'm not against technology. We're not Mennonites here. But I, I just you know like this is skewing dangerously close to like, well, as they talk to more GMs, are they learning how to GM? Like, is, is that the next yeah. level product that they sell? I mean, I mean wit go ahead, Lissa. I mean, also for me, like, this is Call of Cthulhu, which is horror. And I feel like there's something to be said about people who have uh people who are triggered by certain things in horror, and I feel like I don't trust it's kinda like having AI as your therapist, is the way I, I kind of look at it. It's like I don't necessarily trust them to handle my fears sure i know it's just teaching me how to play call of cthulhu but call of cthulhu like is a horror game right so i don't necessarily want to you know want to be psychologically uh how would you delicately put this psychologically um triggered traumatized by being taught call Call of Cthulhu by AI. I don't know if that's possible. I don't know if that's just like a, a very weird thing to say that nobody no. else has even thought of. But like, I, I just like when it comes to AI and it having control to teach me things, I, mm -hmm. that's, that's suspicious. That's, yeah. that's, <laughs> that's, that's weird. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, but no, one, I'm, I'm right there with you, Lisa. Like the idea that they would be able to handle something as delicate as horror, I, I worries me. Um, on the other side of it, it's interesting because that is a Lovecraftian story in and of itself, right? Just like Christian points out here, yeah. is like the idea that this machine is going to learn and run this horror game. I would use that in a, in a, uh, you know, uh, Lovecraft setting, as a prompt for a new campaign yeah already, right like yeah so like there's something to be said there i think it's interesting um right now to get into this you go to quest portals chaosium core program which gives you access to all the call of cthulhu rule books um as well as this um ai assistant so if they keep it to the assistant part which is like this is how you play the mechanics of the game and not going here's how you scare the fuck out of your players and this is what they could be triggered by I, I, I tightrope to walk there, but I could see mm -hmm. it being useful. I am just now aware of how dubious these companies are trying to be with AI. Um, mm -hmm. And so, like, how many times do they have to talk about it before they go? And now it's learned enough from GMs that it can now try to run a game. That's that's Which uh, will a never work. <laughs> it won't work well. I... And most AI programs that people are saying, oh, it can do this now. They really can't. It's all a lie anyways. It's propped up. It's a house of cards. But mm -hmm. that doesn't mean it won't put other people out of work. 
Yeah, exactly. Like we should always be cautious with AI. And I mean, as a tool, I think like in its beginning stages, it's fine. When I was reading through the article, I kind of got clippy vibes (laughs) 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 from Microsoft Word, like that little clip assistant, like, hi, how can I help? Char, you just got to take some recommendations. Go watch Starstruck Odyssey of Dimension 20 because... (laughs) I'm working on it. I want to learn more about the Fae first, Terry. I have priorities. You're not learning anything about the Fae from from Accorda Fan Flowers. Um, I'm learning so much about the Fae. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you haven't even watched it yet. I know, but I I know Dimension 20, and their their goal is not to teach you. You know what I mean? (laughs) I'm learning. I mean, I'm learning a lot anyway. Anyway, but, um, uh, but Clippy is a, a a main component of Star Trek Odyssey. So ah, uh, okay, awesome. Yeah, so. that's kind of the vibe I got when I was reading through this. If it didn't have like the scary tag of AI, it and they like maybe added more corporate speak to make it seem more like Clippy, I would be like more okay with it because yeah, Clippy is super annoying and like early versions of, you know, Microsoft Word, like most people disabled Clippy, but he was there for you if, you know, you really needed help. And if that's what this, you know, tool bot is supposed to be for new players that primarily, you know, have online games, it has like good intentions, but anything that, uses the ai tag is always something to be wary about especially like when you and lissa were talking about you know the ai not being able to handle triggers i also got like just like that's so raven vision of (laughs) uh the ai actually learning your triggers and then using them against you right horrific way and i'm like that is a call of cthulhu game if i've ever (laughs) and so and like part of me like so the the horror games i run specifically like i i take a lot of steps up front to learn what my players actually fear like what their lines and veils are what they fear what they're okay with experiencing when it comes to fear right because i want it to be scary it's meant to be scary to a certain extent it's not meant to be triggering it's not meant to cause you you know psychological harm and that's a tightrope and that's difficult to do and that's not something i trust a computer to be able to do at this moment um especially because a lot of it is feeling through in the moment so that's scary this is all hypothetical that's a lot of conjecture on our part i understand that but that's that's how we feel on there um moving on to fun stuff bardic inspiration uh one of my favorite segments here this is where we talk about the news when it comes to what is inspired by D and other mediums so uh board games tv shows music etc and right now we're going to talk about a new actual play the next season of dimension 20 gm'd by matt mercer the ravening war uh which was a really interesting name i didn't know what they were going to be talking about and they had a really fun trailer and it's actually going to be a prequel to a crown of candy um uh d20 favorite i've never seen a crown of candy um that's not one that i've really checked out but i know a lot of people that really really like it so all of our our hopes and dreams dashed that mercer was going to be running like a starstruck <laughs> odyssey season two um but this is still really exciting it's you don't have to watch Crown of Candy to enjoy it. I'm guessing you'd get more enjoyment out of it. I just started a Crown of Candy because of the announcement. So um, that's pretty exciting. Does this do anything for you too? I, uh, I, everybody is very hyped for it, which is awesome to see. And the trailer was like hilarious. Yeah, it was a good <laughs> like trailer. I was, it, was it was a great, like I watched it as soon as it dropped. Like this looks very interesting. Will I check it out? Hard maybe. I love Matt Mercer as a DM. So like, I might 
check it out maybe as it's airing maybe a year from now I don't know <laughs> but it looks like it gave me Candyland vibes because I haven't watched the yeah you know, and that's what it original is series yeah yeah so it, it's like dark Candyland Candyland and I'm just meets like, well, Game that... of Thrones is the pitch for a crown of candy oh my god <laughs> it's a that's a vibe so I might check it out eventually for sure in my list of actual plays that I still have to get through it looks very interesting and I'm everybody like on Twitter blew up after it was announced yeah so. and in true d20 fashion like what happens is it starts with a very comedic concept and and then Brennan throws all of the pathos behind all of the characters within the setting. So then the joke characters slowly take it more seriously until somebody gets murdered or or the super emotional moment happens and you're crying watching, you know, this fully mm -hmm. joke character experience real catharsis. Um, and it, it's it's amazing. It happens almost every season. Uh, mm -hmm. and so I'm really excited to, to go back and check out that one. Lissa, what about you? What does the Ravening War and a Crown of Candy do for you? Someone who doesn't watch any actual plays. <laughs> <laughs> um, not a whole lot, to be honest. Like if I were to get into it, which somebody asked me recently, um, shout out to Potions and Potpourri, um, the they do they have their own podcast about D, &D stuff and ttrpg stuff and they play actual plays and stuff um they asked me whether or not i would be interested in uh listening to actual plays in podcast form which it's it, it's it's a confusing topic so like what i what it boiled down to was i'm more likely to watch something if i a know somebody who's playing in it so if it's like a mutual friend if it's like i know them i personally know them i'm more interested and i i don't know maybe maybe i'm more willing to watch a podcast than an actual play but i i at this current moment in time i know brennan lee mulligan is good and <laughs> hilarious and whatever like i i understand this but it just i'm not at the point like i i think i have to start off with like maybe di dimension 20 Mm -hmm. and then move on to whatever extra stuff he does. <laughs> well, this is part of Dimension 20, right? Like, um, yeah. But in Dimension 20 is an anthology series. Some of them have sequels, for, but for the most part, each one's contained. So if I, the reason why I always recommend Dimension 20, other than the fact that it's my favorite, that's the one that really got me into actual plays, is it's way more contained. A lot of the, the episodes of the earlier seasons, especially, really highly edited. They're bite-sized chunks, never longer than an hour um it's improv comedy so it's entertaining even when they get into combat um so like that's the reason why i offer those mm -hmm. ones but it's really it's about finding your flavor and it is yeah. potentially you know actual plays not for you podcast actual plays though you have honestly way more because a lot of the ones that come out um in visual also do podcasts you have all of those as well as the the audio only's like nad pod um ham pod i don't know uh, maybe you want to check them out uh pretty great oh. um mm -hmm. uh I, I don't know who does it but they're very talented maybe uh <laughs> maybe they've been featured on an episode of this show before um oh. but they're fun things to check out Mm -hmm. my recommendation if there's a game that you're really excited for that you haven't been able to play there's an actual play out there that plays that game and you can check it out hear them like learning the rules and playing through it in a setting uh there's a few mm -hmm. uh the one ring podcasts that you could check out i know you're a big lord of the rings fan you haven't had a chance to play those so there's that 
Oh, that's true. Maybe I should do that. Do it, you coward. Um, sorry, sorry. I need more coffee. I apologize. <laughs> Getting heated. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, new D&D board game, Trials of Tempest, is an eight-player arena brawl that rewards more than just violence. Uh, there have been a number of uh, D&D board games, uh, but this one seems to be a little bit outside the normal. So this comes from Chase Carter over at Dicebreaker. A lot of the other D&D board games are like trying to give you a watered down simplified version of playing fifth edition um or fourth mm-hmm. edition some of those came back then um this one specifically is not this is like uh kind of a combat simulation but like trying to go with like that moba style of like you have your lanes and you're trying to take down the other team i'm very excited about this um my first foray into game development i made a moba so if you don't know mobas are like league of legends or dota um where you you have a team you're trying to beat little monsters in your lane as you work up towards the enemy's tower and they're trying to do the same and you kind of meet in the middle trying to take down each other's towers until you can defeat their base and i my first board game i ever made was that exact concept um it didn't sell i'm not going to give you the name of it you'll never find it um but seeing a big company take this on i'm very excited for using the dnd license is really cool um you two don't play a ton of board games right no not really i don't know so, i can't speak for Lissa. Lissa, do you um, play a lot of board games so i i used to when i was younger i haven't mm, i haven't recently um not that i don't like them because i keep coming up with ideas of like board games i should design myself but <laughs> oh. not like um I no, I haven't played it recently. I used to as a kid though. I was very avid, avid uh board gamer board, girl. Board gamer. Board gamer girl. Oh my god, <laughs> what a great Twitch tag. Uh you should save that for yourself when you make your first board game. Board oh gamer girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm excited for it. It's using really cool minifigs. Uh it's coming from WizKids, which is the the arm of Hasbro that makes a lot of their mm. board game stuff, like Hero Clicks um you use a deck of cards uh for your your character class and race and like what they can do in combat so it has a similar vibe to um uh uh oh god i can't my my mind just went blank what's the name of the extremely popular board game i'll just walk over to my shop gloomhaven monopoly gloomhaven <laughs> it plays like gloomhaven uh oh, gloomhaven. i know oh, my god oh, yeah. i don't yeah. i know I'm, uh, i had to look at the box to remember the name of the game <laughs> it's just one of those mornings you know? I, I it, it to- truly is um also i have so many board games on my shelf that i'm looking at right yeah now. you are a board game i think the last time i legitimately played a board game was was with you was with me <laughs> yeah um if you if you've never played gloomhaven maybe the power rangers flavor would do more for you uh so power rangers hero of the grid plays similarly you have your your minifigure and your deck of cards and that's how you do combat mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um you know i know sharda you love playing heroes of the grid right so yeah i i totally know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> and i'm so enthralled by everything <laughs> well when trials of the tempest comes out we will play it uh because okay. you, you you better bet your bippy that mm-hmm. i will have it here um you, yeah <laughs> you will you that's will. not even a doubt in my mind i will um my birthday's coming up just hint hint nudge nudge uh, <laughs> let's keep a tally of how many times terry brings up his birthday between now and his birthday 
listeners, if you can guess how old I am turning, I'll, I don't know. I, I have nothing to provide you other than my heart and soul. Um, gold star. But I'll tell you, yeah, exactly. You get a gold star. I'll tell you if you're right or not. Um, I'll give wow. you a hint. It's not 95 because that's what my daughter said. Um, oh, oh, God. Yeah. I, I, it's also not 45, which is what my father-in-law said. And he looked me dead in the eyes and said it. And he is laughing oh. afterwards because he knows that's not correct. But there was a moment of him was like, but is he? Like, is that is that right? Okay. As I okay. pick out the gray hairs <laughs> from my head. Um, that's it for this week's Cave Trolls. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find us, you can do so at campykillcreations.com. You can email us campykillcreations at gmail.com. You can find us at Twitter at Cave Trolls Pod. You can uh, support us over on patreon.com slash campykillcreations. Get bonus content, early content. Char does uh, lore rewrites for D&D content over there. Really, really cool stuff. I do the illustrations. Lissa does the redesign uh, and the design purely. It's always redesign though because we're like hey yeah. this awesome thing that you did can you do it differently and this uh works magic and goes yeah i guess i can do 15 versions of this <laughs> uh, <laughs> if i have to um so you can check that over there you also get bonus episodes of slovenly trolls and you know you can take part in our polls go do it it keeps the lights on the mic's rolling uh chicken sandwiches in our pockets because we're hungry okay um uh you can find me at resident stevel on twitter and you can also find me in comic book stores as ts luther uh please follow my comic book stuff i got a post up on patreon right now trying to figure out if we have any comic book fans in the trolls so let me know if you if you like that stuff because i'm interested uh moving on to other plugs that people might like i guess Charday, where can the people find you online well, I guess people can find me on the Slovenly Trolls podcast where we do monthly deep dives into problematic D&D bullshit and then encourage people to do better by learning from history. And I also run the Slovenly Trolls Twitter. <laughs> at Slovenly Sounds Trolls. like you're walking the love... Slovenly Trolls Twitter today. I am because uh, I need more coffee now, too, because <laughs> now words are not wording anymore. <laughs> Oh, oh, you can also find Bitches and Books over there um, on on our Patreon, which is our monthly book club uh, hosted by Lissa. Speaking of Lissa, the other half of the Slavity Trolls, where can people find you? Uh, I do not exist uh, (laughs) in real life or on the internet. Uh, So you can follow the Slavity Trolls on the Instagram, which is in no way, shape, or form related to me. I do not run it or anything. Um, Sure at Slovenly Trolls and the Cave Trolls Twitter at Cave Trolls Pod all together, all small, all awesome. Woo! <laughs> That's beautiful. This has been the Cave Trolls and we're out. Once again, we have that special time where we get to thank our Patreon producers. Right now we have Kim Winson, Jeremy Raymond, the Lorax, and Trellbot. Thank you so much for helping us keep the lights on, the mics rolling, you keep chicken sandwiches in our pockets, and you keep us having fun on the mic. Thank you so much.